Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Love Talk Radio. Our, our country is in chaos because we have leaders who are in chaos with themselves. We are in need of uh, people who are choosing to follow God instead of following man. You, you never see change happen until you begin to make change happen. And unfortunately, that hasn't been done in the church or in the country. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo T. Hello and welcome to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And good evening on this wonderful Monday afternoon. Uh, we're hailing from Cajun Land, USA. Presenting you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. Promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And we are empowering you, the listener, to knowing, doing, being, and impacting the world around you. And you're welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. Call us in on our line, 917-388-4293. We're trying to get the chat room open up. So we that open. Uh, you'll be able to join us on the chat room on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, follow us. I don't know what's going on with Twitter. I've been trying to get in Twitter all day, and I've been having a big problem trying to get in get in on Twitter. But uh, if somebody has a way to get in on Twitter, let me know because I'm having problem accessing mine. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Prophesy on Twitter, on Facebook. Email us. Uh, with your comments, questions, uh, anything that you want to, you know, subjects that you think we can talk about it here on the show. We always appreciate that. You can email us, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. And uh, since I'm talking about myself, I just want to say thank you guys for all that you do. You you help us so much, and I really appreciate you listening in. And uh, you're listening in live. You're listening in on archive shows, and I just really appreciate all the things you do. Now, Having said all that, let me go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. We always like to start off the broadcast with prayer. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer and uh, that he will bless it. Father, we thank you today that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. We realize that we didn't have to be here, but we're glad that you allowed us to be here. We praise you, O God. We pray that you will bless the broadcast, bless all who would be listening in and sharing the comments and the dialogue. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Well, uh, again, welcome to the show. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, as always, we uh, we try to present information and uh, uh, a program that is wonderful for you. And I think we got a good one lined up today. We got so much to talk about. I was always going to talk. You know, we're going to talk about Libya and the Mideast. We're going to talk about uh, uh, all the protests and uh the the vote that took place in Wisconsin, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh the 
class size increase in Detroit public schools and all a little bit about that. I also want to touch on uh President Obama and his uh the, the new uh news that he gave for uh the Defense of Marriage Act. And we're gonna wrap it up in this segment, the last part of the segment uh the show. We're gonna talk about uh uh, abortion in the black community. If you're not aware, uh, for many pro-life groups, black pro-life groups today has been designated as a national day of mourning for the unborn. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, and uh, uh, why uh, why we're so quiet about it in the black community. But, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. We got a long show. I've actually uh, extended the show because I'm anticipating some, some great dialogue. Um, and I it's the last day of February. Last day of February means the last day of Black History Month. And uh, I, I just was wondering, this is just me, I was just wondering. I, I wondered how many churches in particular, how many churches waited until yesterday, Sunday, the last Sunday of the month, to do a Black History program. Uh, it just always amazes me that uh, most churches don't take that seriously. You, uh, they plan it and they put it at the end of the month, the last Sunday of the month. <laughs> You know, how can it really be celebrated? And that's just me. I was, I was just wondering. You know, you don't have to, Don't get mad at me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't try to hit off. Uh, you know, that's just my opinion. But again, there's always a lot to talk about, and I want to talk. Uh, I want to jump right in. Um, jump right in to uh, this whole Libya thing. Now, I'm gonna tell you. Be, I'm gonna be honest with you. I am upset, and I'm upset for a reason. I, I am upset. Because, uh, because of all the stuff that is uh, that is going on in Libya, it's affecting us over here in the states. Now you're probably wondering how is it affecting us. Uh, now I don't know about you, but I've seen my gas prices go up <laughs> in the past couple of weeks. So I, I literally, you know, go from you know uh, what. 280 something and now it's almost it's here and where I, in my area it's nearly three dollars and 25 cents now it's probably worse in some areas than where you are listening across the country and around the world I, i'm quite sure uh, it's probably worse but uh you know the speculators have been driving uh the prices of the oil gas you know the oil bear prices of oil up and the price when the price of oil goes up the price of gas goes up and you know, I don't have a small car. I, maybe I should look into investing in a small car, <laughs> or, or, or one of those hybrid cars, or electric cars, or something. Because uh, this just ain't hitting it for me. Uh, and and, and <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, you know, y'all don't have to complain. I'm just letting you know that's how it is. I, you know, I do a lot of travel. I I I, I travel a lot because you know I'm an itinerant elder in AME Church and. Uh, travel to my church. I commute to my church, and we have to commute to meetings. And when you have meetings, you know, at least once a month, <laughs> two three hours away from where you are, you know, it takes up a lot of gas, and it, it's it's a hard thing, and uh, it weighs on my pocketbook. And you know, I'm just saying, y'all, you can you don't have to uh, agree with me, but if it's affecting you, uh, blame Libya and you blame Gaddafi because Gaddafi is the one who is refusing to give up power. And, and the interesting thing is now this is different. You know, we we saw the uprising in Tunisia. What happened to Tunisia rolled over and rolled over to Egypt, and and, and you know we saw what happened in in Egypt at the beginning of the, the latter part of January, the beginning part of February. We saw all that that happened in Egypt, 
and we eventually saw that their uh, their president, their dictator, their evil regime, as some would call it, stepped down. But Gaddafi, he ain't doing that. He's putting up a fight, and he ain't just putting. I mean, uh, you know, he he's sending out serious. He's put up serious ammo against his own people. You know, he's uh, he. he <laughs> I think I read the report about three, four hundred people have died, have been killed, in in since the uprising began. I mean, this this guy is putting his foot down big time, and um, I I I just don't get it. You know, I I've, I've said this before. You know, dictators once they get power, uh. They can get it, and it's hard for them to give it up. Why? Because they don't want to give it up. And, hey, we what we're seeing here is history in the making. Yes, we're seeing history in the making. We're seeing people who are a part of oppressive regimes cry out for freedom. And uh, it's no different from what we did. You know, it's not much different from what happened in the states. Uh, you know, we can we can go on countless occasions of things happening in the states here that. Um, that that where people rose up against the oppression, and you know we got the civil rights movement and all of that. But there there's so many other things. But what's getting me is that he is he's literally attacking his own people. He's killing his own people to stay in power. His son is joining in the and you know joining in, saying if they you know he he warned them if they do it. They're going to suffer the consequences, and we are seeing the consequences for the, those people there and also for our people over here. You know, they're trying to get Americans out. The U.N. just this weekend, uh, this week, uh, issued sanctions against Libya. And I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, you know as well as I know, sanctions really don't do much. Uh, the U.N. issued sanctions against uh, Saddam, Hussein, Saddam Hussein in Iraq, and you know he he <laughs> they issued him. He kind of stayed the line for a little bit, but eventually, you know, he got right back to doing what he was doing before. Sanctions mean nothing, really. You know, they had sanctions against uh, South South Africa uh, for apartheid, and, and it, it meant nothing. You know, sanctions really don't do anything, and you know, uh, it, it it's something that needs to be. You know, you have to really go in and say uh, enough is enough. Get out, go home, or whatever it is. And um, well, you know, really, it's not gonna be done. And, and it's interesting to me that Obama really has, you know, he's he's been a, kind of the last one to put his, you know, put forth the little the uh, encouragement uh, to to Libya to Gaddafi and all that. But if you recall, Gaddafi praised Obama. Uh, Gaddafi called Obama his friend. He said Obama is a friend to the Muslim world, and you know if you've been watching, you know he's Obama has kind of been slack regarding that. Now, before all you guys get on me talking about him, I'm hating on Obama. I'm just stating the fact, you know, he has been rather slack um, when it comes to dealing with the um, the crisis in um, in Libya and in the Middle East, for that matter. He's really been, he's really been slack. And, and dealing with that and confronting, it. and I think it should be addressed, and and we need to let them know, you know, you got to step up your pace. I don't care how much you want to be friends with, uh, with uh, uh, these people, and you know, you want to be friends with the Muslim world. There's nothing wrong with that, 
but in being friends with them, you you got to kind of like what what is it? Teddy Roosevelt said, you, you know, walk walk softly but carry a big stick or something to that nature. You know, uh, I, and we 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 can't be a police nation, but because we're already too stretched out, we, you know, we're still fighting all these wars, but we have to address the. You know, we we do have to address it and let it know that this is unacceptable. And uh, even if we're going to pursue any type of uh, relationship with um, uh, these Muslim nations, uh, you know, we need to take that into consideration. And I'm not pushing that. Don't even say that I'm pushing that either. I'm just I'm just stating um, what what is. Um, still having problems with this chat room, so we'll probably come back. Uh, again, call in. Nine one seven, excuse me, three eight eight four two nine three. Hit us up on email, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail dot com. Um, now moving right along to, uh, you know, back to the states. Uh, I this 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 whole thing in Wisconsin has really really caught my attention, you know. And if you're not familiar with what's going on in Wisconsin, you know, um, the state legislature. Largely Republicans, mostly Republicans. Uh, I think it was the House, uh, the House legislature, voted to uh, discontinue uh, collective bargaining with unions or something to that nature. Now, you know, all last week and sometime before, uh, teachers, you know, the teachers' union in particular, uh, you know, they, they teachers left their classroom, they went to the Capitol, they protested, they held up signs, they they called. Um, uh, Wisconsin governor, everything but the right thing, and you know they they let him know and why it's so important and you know they call him evil. And matter of fact, there was there was one sign I saw uh, I saw it on CNN. One sign said uh, uh, Mubarak, <laughs> Mubarak. They called him Mubarak. They you know they they made him out to be Mubarak, and the people were rising up just like the people in Egypt were and. Now, you know, come on, be for real. But um, uh, what happened, when, you know, the state legislature passed, is on its way to the state senate, senate um, for um, for more consideration. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something up. Now, now, let me tell you why. Uh, let me tell you, let me tell you why it's, it, I, I kind of understand uh, the teachers. I am, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an educator, and I'm a part of, of of a union, teachers' unions, a couple of teachers' unions, as a matter of fact, and um, you know, teachers, public, uh, you know, people in the public sector, we all often do this, you know, do a lot of work, uh, a lot of work that the private sector does, but we don't get the pay of the private sector, and um. The reality is that you know bargaining or uh, uh, or benefits uh, is a way for the the unions to guarantee uh, the teachers are being treated fair, and, and, and you know I can understand that largely because you know you got your health benefits you have. You, uh, in my case, you know I, I got part. I joined the unions because uh, liability insurance. You know, working with kids after school and during school. You know, there's a lot that could happen. You know, kids cry cry wolf all the time, and you know it's good to have access to that type of insurance where they'll pay for your lawyer and stuff like that. And I'm not knocking that. You know, that's that's a useful tool. But um, in in many cases, the teacher unions 
what they call bargaining really is bullying. And, and you might as well be fair, and, and you might, might as well be honest. What they call bar- bargaining is really bug- bullying because what they're saying is we're going to put forth this demand, and if the state does not uh, give in to our demands, well, we're going to do – we're going to either go walk out or, you know, we're just going to protest longer. You know, it's all this kind of crazy stuff, and it, it puts the puts the state – it kind of ties the state's hand because they understand the power of the unions and – um. I just read uh, the AFL-CIO is uh, – they're trying to keep the protests going in Wisconsin. And on the weekend, on Saturday, a lot of uh, states rally – uh, teacher unions in particular held rallies in support of uh, the union in Wisconsin and, and all kinds of things. Um, it, 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 we, 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 we just look at – we need to look at it and got to be honest with ourselves, you know uh, – What's more important? Who's really more important? What's really more important? Uh, is it really more important to give in to a bully or to see that the needs of the child or the students are met? And I'll be honest with you. I'd rather give in to the students. I mean, I'd, for me, I'd rather make sure that the students are taken care of. And I'd rather make sure that, you know, teachers are getting what they need to do their job. And holding up to their their end of the bargain when it comes to accountability and um, productivity in the classroom, performance in the classroom, and you know that's a whole different subject there. But I'd rather see that than to see uh, unions hold the whole state hostage. Now every state is experiencing a, a budget fall, and and every state is experiencing the same thing. But um, but it um. You, the reality is is that that something has to give, and I, I just think that you already know the state is not going to give. They're going to try to get money everywhere they can. You know, they're going to pinch every penny they can, and they're going to go and reach into the taxpayers' pockets to get more. And uh, you know, I, I just don't think that teachers or unions of any kind, if they got fair benefits, if they got good enough benefits, then it sh- you should be willing to say, okay, let's compromise. Let's just wait a little while. Let's get the state affairs in order first. Because if the state affairs are not in order, then everything else is going to be a disarray because, you know, every every school, most public schools uh, get some funds by the state, and most states pay, pay a certain amount per student. You understand? And, you know, if they can't – if they're stretched and they're strapped and there's no way to get that money to uh, pay for the services of the public schools, then, you know, what what good is it if a teacher has all these benefits, you know, all all this stuff and, you know, the classes or the schools are closing and this and that. And, and speaking of this, I can segue into this. Um, uh, the Detroit Public Schools – and it's probably, you know, kind of a bad segue, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Detroit Public Schools made a uh, – uh, well, the state of Michigan made a, a big announcement regarding Detroit Public Schools and classroom size. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more, but um, I think I need to take a quick break. And when I take this, uh, take this quick break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, Detroit schools. So 
Give us a call. We want to hear from you about this class size. Teachers, uh, all you teachers out there, I know you're going to be interested in that. Give me a call, 917-388-4293. We're talking. Uh, this is Zero Out of the Day with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We'll be right back after these messages. I don't want to go blind from diabetes. I don't want to lose a foot or a leg. I don't want to have kidney failure, so I'm taking control. I'm controlling my diabetes. It's making a huge difference. I'm eating healthy and staying physically active. I'm taking my medicine. If I can do it, anyone can. Control your diabetes for life. Call 1-800-438-5383. Thanks to the Venture Car from Capital One, we get double miles on every purchase. So we have the trip to New Orleans twice as far. We get double miles every time we use our car. No matter what we're buying. I'll take it. Since double miles out of fast, we can bring the whole gang. The fast can beat double miles. Have you seen cars? Get the Venture Card from Capital One. Money Magazine's best rewards card if you aim to rack up airline miles. What's in your wild? Hello, I'm a Christ follower. And I'm a Christian. What you got there? Oh, just catching up on some reading. <laughs> got some rule books, ethics manuals, and uh, a morality play or two just for good measure. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, and right on top I've got my trusty sword. <laughs> King James Version. Neatly packaged inside this leather bag. I like the handles. Oh, they're handy. <laughs> Do you want to see my bumper sticker collection? Sure. I uh, ran out of room on my car. Wow, uh, those are clever. Thanks. So what do you wear to display your Christianity? Uh, well, nothing, I guess. I don't know, I, I just try to follow Christ in the way I live my life. I don't feel like I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Cut it out. Cut it out. I'm a big dork. I'm a big dork.
right, welcome back to Zero of the Day. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We want to say thank you for joining in the conversation, joining in on the show. We are broadcasting live here on this wonderful Monday evening on blogtalkradio.com, and we really appreciate you for joining in. Uh, we do have the chat room open, so if you want to join in on the chat room, you can get in uh, and uh, join in the conversation. We really invite you to join in and share your insight. Again, if you want to, uh, if you want to get on air, you give us a call, 917, <clears throat> excuse me, 917-388-4293. You know, that only happens whenever I get out the number. Anytime I get ready to give out the number, I always add <clears throat> Yeah, I'll probably think I'm stalling for something, huh? <laughs> but uh yeah, give us uh call in nine one seven three eight eight four two nine three. Uh if you want to get on air, we wanna hear I, I really wanna hear your opinions on uh, on a lot of the stuff we're talking about today. But um and uh 'cause you know, hey, I, I like hearing myself talk every now and then too, but <laughs> but I, I know y'all get bored and tired of hearing me talk too much. But anyway, back to the show. <laughs> Uh, uh, before the break, I told you we'd be talking about um, Detroit public schools. And if you're not if you're not aware of what's been going on in Detroit public school system, uh, uh, Detroit public schools have been in crisis, uh, and they've been in crisis for a long time. Uh, but uh, just this past week, the state legislature approved um, basically uh, cutting. Uh, for this district, in other words, what was what, what what they approved is that the the uh, that the 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 state would be uh, Detroit would close so many schools and the class size would increase. Uh, the class size would increase to about sixty students, uh, something like that. Uh, I'm gonna play a clip here, uh, give you a bit more information because you know I'm kind of just rambling about it. I'm gonna play this clip. And in the clip, it's talking about uh, CNN anchor who's talking to, giving a little bit more information about what's happening in Detroit schools and uh, uh, the desperate situation that they are in. So uh, listen to this clip. Give it a call and uh, give me f- your feedback on the clip. Here we go. Sure. Well, you know, uh, Detroit and their public schools have sort of been in crisis for years. This is nothing new. Education Secretary Arnie Duncan called Detroit ground zero for the country's education crisis. And what you have seen there, if you look at the numbers, is just an exodus of students. Over the last decade, 2000 to 2010, Detroit's population fell 20%. But their public school enrollment, Martin, fell 50%. Parents are taking their kids out of Detroit schools, taking them to the suburbs. So you have a massive budget deficit in Detroit. $327 million is the budget gap that the schools are facing right now. And you mentioned uh, what is happening. And in order to close that gap, what Robert Bob, the emergency financial manager in charge of all of this, has done is he just got approved a plan to close 70 schools. That would only leave 72 public schools in all of Detroit. And that would mean 60 kids in high school classes. This is men we're talking about, Robert Bob here. We spent a lot of time with him in Detroit last month. And I want you to take a listen to what he has to say about why they are shuttering all of these schools. Take a listen. You closed 59 uh, schools, more than a quarter of, of Detroit's public schools. And that has angered parents and teachers. You know, we're going to anger more individuals in the next few months because I'm going to close somewhere between 20 maybe 40 schools within the next few months. So you're almost cutting the number of Detroit public schools in half. 
Uh, indeed, they are. They're even going further than that, which is what this plan is confirming. And just to give you a sense of how many students are fleeing this school district in Detroit, what they're expecting is that the city will go from about 73,000 public school students right now, Martin, to just over 58,000 by 2014. So in just three years, they're going to lose thousands of more students and each student leaves they lose money for the district and that makes the situation even worse Martin. Now, of course Poppy is is this the only option or are, are there other plans out there that are being considered or talked about? Right there are that's a great question right now Robert Bob says look this is the only option we have you the state are mandating us to close this massive gap to get it down to zero from over 300 million this is the only way we can do that what he also says is this isn't an economically or academically viable plan what he wants to do is restructure the schools like GM was restructured essentially make a new school system and an old school system let the old school system carry the debt the new school system have a fresh start that's going to be a very hard sell to the state legislature but that is what he wants to see happen I'll all right you guys heard the quote that you, you heard the clip now, now, now let me share something with you uh, robert bob who is the uh emergency financial manager uh that the state placed in uh in charge of detroit schools now he is african-american he's black okay now he his perspective his 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 goal is to improve public education, but he understands that in improved public education he has you know has to do the hard thing the the hard thing is to close down some some schools and mind you now some of these uh, now it's not clear it's not clear whether these schools that be closed down are underperforming you know or, or, or whether you know they got the low kind of scores whatever it may be but he's looking at it from a fiscal perspective from a fiscal perspective you got to think over you know, 325 27 million dollars of a deficit and there is no way uh, there is no way because again you got teachers who are who, who you know you got teacher benefits and you know all of that stuff and uh there's, there's really no way that he could devise, a, you know, the state hasn't helped, um, the city hasn't helped, and of course, uh, you know, it's it's been going, it's been struggling, but that was the only way he could do it. And, and I, I'll be honest with you, you know, listening to him uh, when he said that, you know, uh, the reporter, you know, asked him, you know, you closed down fifty some schools already. You know, closed down so many schools already, uh, and then he comes back and says, "Well, they're going to be more upset at me because I'm closing down more in the next few months." <laughs> and you know, the, uh, the school principal in me, the administrator in me, the educator in me wanted to just kind of say, "Negro, you are crazy." But then, you know, when I, when I looked at it, you know, when I when the more I researched, the more I thought about it, and, and, and especially again, the more I researched it, and you get the facts. Not just out of emotion, you know. Uh, now, my, mind you, uh, they brought him in in 2009 to try to fix the problem in Detroit. And since 2009, he's been trying to fix the problem in Detroit. And in 2010, what, what he proposed uh, when he first made the proposal to the state in 2010, there was a lot of boycott. You know how we do. You know how black folk. Uh, it was mostly black because the blacks. Uh, Detroit Public School is largely, uh, largely African American. It's largely uh, inner city. Um, it's largely uh, low social economic, 
And as you you know, if you if, if you listen closely to the clip, you heard that you know even the parents who live in these school districts in this in this district are are sending their children out of the you know public schools and they're sending them into the suburbs to go to school. And the suburbs, you know, the money that the state would usually give to a a, a public school per student, well, that money is leaving. And, and you know, when the money leaves, you know, you know what else happens. When the money leaves, things just kind of fall out. They just kind of go bad. That's just the way of the world. Just uh, that's how it is. So now, what I was saying is, you know, I almost felt bad because you know he kind of sounded cocky, but but the reality is that is what has to be done. Now I'm like you. You know, I, I, I wish, I'm sure most of you feel like I do, I wish there was a way that we could keep all these schools open. I'm going to tell you why Why I, I, I really like uh, Detroit in, in particular. You know, Detroit is, the, of course, the home of Motown and home of GM and, you know, all that stuff. But you ain't really heard bands, <laughs> marching bands, crazy marching bands until you went up to, to Detroit. Bands like Cash Tech, um Oh man, I could go on and on and on about some of the bands in Detroit, marching bands. And when I was in college, a great deal of the students who were in our marching band came from Detroit, and they produced some outstanding musicians. And, you know, in the public schools. And I'm just saying, you know, that that's just my that's my little connection to Detroit public schools. But uh, the reality is, you have to find a way to keep the schools afloat, and and, you, and, and make them function. But when you know you have you already have parents who are they're they're seeing the conditions of the schools, uh, the teachers, uh, sometimes the facilities, and they're wondering why in the world are we keeping them open. Uh, you know, if it's going to help the child, again, it's all about the student. If it's going to help the student, then it should be done. If not, you know, leave it alone. But um, the more we don't attend to it, uh, the worse the problem would be. And, and you know Detroit does have this. You know every school district has violence. You don't don't get yourself to see that your school district is just so pristine and cool that it doesn't have violence. Every school district has violence. Detroit has had this share. Uh, public schools has had this share. Last year there was a couple of school shootings uh, uh, um, where some were killed. Uh, 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 but that, you know, again, what can you expect uh, if you have these areas where more and more businesses are pulling out, more and more people are pulling out, more and more uh, funds are being uh, transferred other places, shifted other places. You know, budget funds being shifted other places. Then what can you expect? How can you expect for something to grow when there when there really isn't any room for it to grow? And, and I think that's the problem that. Uh, I don't think a lot of people see it from that perspective. You know, most of the arguments that are being made to keep the schools from closing are being made from an emotional uh, perspective. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh, everybody should love their school. And, of course, if you know, you graduated from a school, you love your alma mater, you want to make sure that it stays open, and you should be passionate about that. Uh, and, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. But, again, sometimes you have to step away from uh, the emotional argument and look at the facts. And when you look at the facts, what you'll find out is that the only way that this can 
be successful is for the cut. Now, what I, you know, honestly, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't see how how they're going to allow 60 schools in uh, uh, 60 students in a classroom. I mean, that's just not feasible to me. And I can already I can already see the headaches for the teachers and I can already see the uh, the backlash that this is going to have, uh, you know, both on uh, on Bob and on the state. I already see it. You know, please understand. I already see what is going to happen. You know, being a band director, I'm used to having a lot of folk in my band room. You know, I'm, I was used to having you know upwards to a hundred students in you know uh, one place at one time. You know, and a lot of noise to go with that. But for the average classroom a teacher, the core content teacher, you know, the English language arts, the math, the science, math, can can you imagine sixty teenagers in a high school classroom? One high school classroom. It's hard enough to teach with twenty in one classroom, but to have sixty man this this that's that's outrageous, but again, you know you have to sometimes you gotta say uh you know uh that's the way the cookie crumbles so uh call me, let me know what you think about this uh getting some comments on uh in the chat room um but you know. I keep saying, but you know, uh, <laughs> call in, get your opinion, share it with us. We want to know what you think about this. And even if uh, we're getting ready to go into a, another segment, we're going to talk about a couple other things. But uh, you know, we'll always come, we can come back to this if you give it a call and um, readdress this. Huh? Uh, whew, so much, so much to talk about, man. I'm excited uh, about this next subject here. But I want you to know, uh, don't be mad at me when I'm talking about this. President Obama and his uh, his uh, reaction to the Defense of Marriage Act. Uh, what he says, where he stands, we're going to talk about that right after this break. The congestion isn't much fun. This is gonna be so cool! Junior! Huh? This is great! Like father, like son! New Mucinex Mini Melts. The quick melting, great tasting way to break up mucus that causes kids' congestion. Uh oh! <laughs> I was just getting started! Feeling better? Uh-huh. New Mucinex Mini Melts. Need a painter? Mucinex and mucus. 
All right, welcome back. Listen to Zero Today with your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Glad to have you in. We want you to share with us on the show. We want you to call in. 917-388-4293. We want you to share uh, your insight. Uh, we got the chat room open uh, here, so, you know, go ahead and join in and jump in the conversation. Uh and uh, give us some insight. You know, past couple of segments we were talking about education, and uh, last segment we talked about education. We talked about the Wisconsin and unions and and uh, the uh, the crisis in the Detroit public schools. And uh, I just want to I I I just want to say uh, no 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 um, offense to anybody, but you know, I think it's a radical act, and I think it's a good thing. Um, uh, but let me move on to this other subject. If you're not aware, uh, President. President Obama last week uh, gave uh, the Department of Justice uh, the command to stop defending the Defense of Marriage Act. And if you're not aware of the Defense of Marriage Act, excuse me, the the Defense of Marriage Act basically is an act that defends constitution, Defends traditional marriage, basically marriage between a man and a woman, and I know that's a hot topic for a lot of people out there. Um, and if you're like me, you 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 believe that marriage is between a man and a woman, and uh, you understand that uh, there are civil unions and both heterosexual and homosexual that are being denied certain uh, rights, uh, you know, certain privileges, uh, you know, things of that nature. But uh, what does this say for? Our president. What does it say about our president? Um, and you gotta understand, uh, President Obama has shared his 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 uh, his opinion on this matter before. And I'm gonna play a couple of clips. I can't talk. I'm gonna play a couple of clips. Uh, one where his press secretary is um, explaining the decision by President Obama, and um, the second one is Obama's own words. So uh, let's listen into this clip. Uh, from the press secretary about Obama and um, the Defense of Marriage Act. Well, now, earlier this week, President Obama told the Department of Justice to no longer defend the federal law that prevented gay marriage. The Defense of Marriage Act had been a Clinton-era move that defined marriage as between one man and one woman. States legally recognize same-sex marriage. Opinion polls indicate voters are shifting toward acceptance on the subject. And now the White House says the federal marriage law defining it between just one man and one woman is unconstitutional. This is a very revolutionary move on the part of the Department of Justice. The move comes after the Obama administration's unraveling of another Clinton-era edict, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. It's another shift in White House public policy. The president's position on the Defense of Marriage Act has been uh, consistent. He has long opposed it as uh, unnecessary and unfair. It's being called a win for the Constitution's guarantee of equal protection under the law. We're just overjoyed. It's a historic day, and I don't think a lot of people understand the privilege that we have living in this time. The administration's position was reevaluated because of two recent lawsuits challenging the statute. When a law is actually being challenged in court, and the government recognizes that the law is likely to lose, it's doing the right thing by throwing in the towel, by saying to the court, we can't defend. Well, now here to debate the fallout from the decision, Brian Brown with the National Organization for Marriage. He's in our D.C. Bureau. 
And Sean Eldridge, the uh, political director of Freedom to Marry, he is here on the set. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Good morning. All right. So uh, what you hear, what you heard is uh, the news, you know, the, the newscast that that uh, talked about Obama's decision, uh, Obama's decision to tell the Department of Justice no longer to defend it. And if you listen closely, you said, you know, the, the argument was that, you know, uh, we can't defend it because one, it's been ruled unconstitutional, and two, uh, it's pretty much a waste of time. Now, if you, for those of you who think, for those of you who think that o- Obama uh, was, you know, he caved into pressure from you know, lobbying groups, you know, gay lobbying groups, uh, other extreme groups, or whatever you may be. If you think that he caved in, let me let you listen to this clip. And this this is Obama's own word, uh, then candidate Obama, as he uh, gives his opinion on uh, Defense of Marriage Act. Listen Although in. I'm not in favor of uh, same-sex marriage, I am in favor of a very strong civil union. Uh, I think that DOMA, uh, Defense Against Marriage Act, uh, was uh, was a unnecessary uh, imposition uh, on what have been the traditional rules governing marriage and and how states uh, interact on the issues of marriage. All right, now did you, you hear that again? Did you hear what he said? You know about this disposition. Imposition. Uh, I'm gonna play it again, just for just so you can hear it. I, I want to make sure that you understood what he said. He said this. Now, one more time. Listen. Although I'm not in favor of uh, same-sex marriage, I am in favor of a very strong civil union. Uh, I think that DOMA, uh, the Defense Against Marriage Act, uh, was uh, was a unnecessary. Uh, imposition uh, on what have been the traditional rules governing marriage and and how states uh, interact on the issues of marriage all right so you know you heard him say that you know he supports he strongly supports strong civil civil unions and and, and you know i i i uh, but he's also been reported you know his press secretary said in the same uh in in in, in his uh Report and his, you know, when he talked to the media, he said that the president's views on gay marriage are evolving. Uh, you know, and I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, to me, o- Obama is the most gifted politician we have in the world today, in history today. The guy knows how to get in where he fits in, and to get out when it's not good. I, I mean, that's that's just the reality. And uh, you know, here, here's, uh, you, you remember in 2000 when he was elected. Now, in 2008, when uh, President Obama was on the ticket uh, in California, along, also on the ballot in California was the Proposition 8, you know, uh, traditional marriage, the, uh, for a constitutional amendment for a traditional marriage in California. Now, President Obama overwhelmingly won California, and... Proposition 8 was overwhelmingly voted, yes, approved by the, uh, by the majority of the public. And it sent a, 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 a conflicting message, you know, and of course, uh, some of the uh, 
gay lobbyists and uh, gay organizations, they were sore losers. They went back and, you know, took it into court and still in the court and still fighting. But it's just interesting to me that while people were voting for uh, a black president or, you know, a, a president of color, they were also voting for traditional marriage. And, uh, you know, it, it's just amazing to me. Also, uh, the greater percentage of those who voted both for Obama and for traditional marriage, oh, it was very high. It was a great – it was a very high percentage in the black community. So, you know, the question is, oh, uh, you know, what's the best message we're getting from President Obama? He's he's evolving in his, uh, his, his thoughts toward gay marriage. He's telling them to stop defending it because, you know, basically it's been ruled unconstitutional and we don't have to fight it. We don't have to do anything. And, and be honest with you, since the Clinton era, they really have every suit that has been come against that has come up uh, since the Clinton era. It really hasn't been aggressively defended, uh, neither under Bush. It really hasn't been aggressively defended. So, so I'm not, you know, I'm not just putting all this on on. Um, on President Obama, I just let you know it wasn't heavily defended under Bush. It wasn't really heavily defended under um, Clinton either. Uh, but uh, Obama is just giving the go ahead, complete stop defending it altogether. And um, what does that say about where we may be going towards? Uh, how can we say it's unconstitutional? How can it be unconstitutional? Uh, you can define marriage as between a man and a woman. Does that mean, you know, uh, what, what does that mean? When How would it affect traditional marriage? And on top of that, you know, what about civil union? I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm sure all of y'all got somebody in your family that's shacking up, that's been shacking up for a while, not married. Uh, <laughs> and you know the truth that uh, something happens to their partner. Uh, they are not eligible to do most of the things that uh, a married couple can do, and, and I think that should be addressed. I, I really do, and I'm not knocking that. There are some, uh, uh, there are some uh, same-sex mar- uh, couples who have been in loving relationship 25, 30, 40, 50 years, and uh, you know, some of them are being recognized, some not. I'm, you know, I can't, I can't stop that, and I'm not going to try to stop that. But what I do, what I do believe is that. Uh, we should not just give in uh, because, you know, times are changing. Sometimes some things just need to stay in place, and traditional marriage is one of those things that just need to stay in place. If you don't agree with me, call in and let me know. I want to hear your opinion on that. If you agree with me, you preach, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. I want to hear your opinion on that. Call in. Let me know. 917 917- 917- Three eight eight four two nine three. I, I want to hear what you got to say. Share, 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 share. Uh, I'm just saying that you know, I, I think the president should uh, should defend it. I, I think the uh, well, you know, when you, when you look at from a from a fiscal perspective, we probably are wasting a lot of money defending it. But nonetheless, I think we should at least stand up and say this is what we believe. Now, the president said that he believes in traditional marriage between man and woman, then he should defend it, plain and simple. That's 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 it. That's the end of the conversation. There is no separate thing. There's not, nothing else to say. And so I want to hear your insight on that. Shoot me an email, pastorlorenzoneilgmail.com, in the chat room here on Blog Talk Radio. Call 917-388-4293. I want to hear your opinion on this. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break and... 
as I take this break, I want to segue into uh, uh, what I was talking about earlier today. Uh, earlier on, uh, today being recognized as National Day of Mourning for the Unborn. So I want to talk about abortion. Uh, uh, I really want to be inside of We'll be right back. Over 3 million kids and young adults have type 1 diabetes, including our son Walker. Ray and I want you to know the warning signs of diabetes so you can take action. Extreme thirst, frequent urination, drowsiness, increased appetite, sudden weight loss, and changes in vision. We're hoping to find a cure for Walker. The Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation is a leading charitable funder and advocate of type 1 diabetes research. To be part of the cure, visit www.jdrf.org or call 800-223-1138. Gaining weight was easy. All I had to do was sit down and eat. Losing weight's a lot harder. I had to work at it every day. But with every step, I lower my risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And that makes every step, every choice, every day. Very much worth the effort. Hi, hun. How was your run? Hard, but I hung in there and did my two miles. How was your workout? Great. Dinner's ready. I hope you worked up an appetite. Mm, a healthy meal like this, you better believe it. Thanks for keeping us on track. Hey, every step matters. We can do this. And it's very much worth the effort. Learn how you can help stop diabetes by losing weight, eating healthy, and staying active. Visit CheckUpAmerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. Hi, may I help you? Yes, uh, I hear Progressive has lots of discounts on car insurance. Can I get in on that? Are you a safe driver? Yes. Discount. Do you own a home? Yes. Discount. Are you going to buy online? Yes. Discount. (laughs) Isn't getting discounts great? Yes. There's no discount for agreeing with me. Yeah, I got carried away. Happens to me all the time. Helping you save money. Now that's progressive. Call or click today. For those of you in the Washington and Metropolitan D.C. area, I want to take the time to invite you to attend the Leadership Summit sponsored by the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Uh, The Frederick Douglass Foundation uh, is an organization that's committed to... uh, uh, conservative views, conservative ideals, um, and it's for all people who are concerned about the state of our country, uh, the role of African Americans and minorities in our public affairs. And uh, during the week of March, uh, on March, excuse me, March 18th through the, uh, uh, the through the 19th, I'm uh, sorry, March 17th through the 19th. Uh, They'll be hosting a leadership summit. There'll be a lot of workshops, a lot of panel discussions. Um, and I, I think it'll be something interesting for you to participate. So if you're in a D.C. area during that week, uh, go ahead and join at the Frank Douglas Foundation Leadership uh, Summit. And if you need more information, you can go to the website, www.tdfd.org uh, for more information.
Hello, I'm a Christ follower. And I'm a Christian. What you got there? Oh, just catching up on some reading. <laughs> got some rule books, ethics manuals, and uh, a morality player too, just for good measure. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, and right on top I've got my trusty sword. <laughs> King James Version. Neatly packaged inside this leather bag. I like the handles. Oh, they're handy. <laughs> Do you want to see my bumper sticker collection? Sure. I uh, ran out of room on my car. Wow. Uh, those are clever. Thanks. So what do you wear to display your Christianity? Uh, well, nothing, I guess. I don't know. I, I just try to follow Christ in the way I live my life. I don't feel like I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Yeah, I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Cut it out. Cut it out. I'm a big dork. I'm a big dork. Oh. All right. Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Again, we well, thank you for joining in the conversation. We've had a wonderful show so far, and um, keep on getting your uh, your comments your, uh, in the chat room here. Uh, you join in the dialogue there. Give us a call nine seven three eight four two nine three to get in live on the show. I really want to hear your opinion about this next topic. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we were talking about uh, uh, today has been marked by uh, some black pro-life groups as the National Day of Mourning for the Unborn, and uh, is basically lamenting the plight of abortion in the black uh, community. And uh, if you if you follow the news, of course, you know last week um, there was there was a, a a an ad that was placed on the building in New York City, and the ad said that the most dangerous place to be for a black child was in the womb. And, of course, you know, a lot of people protested that. A lot of pro, uh, pro-choice pro people protested that, and some say it offended blacks. And um, a lot of people, you know, they were really mad. And eventually the organization that put it up uh, did bring it down, and uh, it was apparently a newsworthy occasion for them to bring it down. Um, but... Uh, Unfortunately, statistics don't lie. Statistics don't lie when it comes to uh, abortion in the black community. And you can get mad with me all you want to. Uh, abortion does hurt. Now, before you jump down my throat, let me tell you, I, I know what it's like. I know firsthand about abortion. I, uh, uh, you know, I ain't had one, of course. <laughs> uh, but and, and, you know, in all my years of ministry, in the years that I've been doing ministry. Uh, I've I've had to minister to a lot of young women who have had abortions. I've had to minister to a lot of women who were considering having abortions, and you know, uh, it, it it was it has been is it, it was always hard for me because you know I could never really figure out what to say. You can't condemn somebody, and I, I hate it. I personally hate it when people condemn. You know. Uh, a woman for having an abortion. Yeah, it's it's a woman's right, you know, it's her, her body and all that stuff. But it, it's a reality, sacred reality. 
And um, I, 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 I personally think, you know, you always should consider every option. You know, even if, uh, you know, there are many states now that have safe havens. So, you know, get, get bill, drop it at the doorstep of a firehouse, of a hospital, all that stuff. It, 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 don't throw it in the dumpster like some people have done. <laughs> Uh, but you know there 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 are so many many other options that need to be considered that I just don't believe that um, are being considered, uh, particularly by uh, young black females. And, and, and we don't talk about it. It's such a bad issue. A couple of weeks ago, I I actually did a Bible study. Uh, this was a topic of mine, and one of the Bible studies in my church, and. I used a scripture, I have a couple of scriptures. One was from uh, Deuteronomy, I mean, one was from Exodus. Um, talks about uh, if a man, two men get in a fight, and while they're fighting, there's a pregnant woman who's there, and the pregnant woman, she gets injured, but in the process of her getting injured, the baby dies. Uh, then the punishment for that, that man who caused the fight would be only a fine. You know, he pay a fine. But if he should get into a fight with, and while they're fighting, there's a pregnant woman and the pregnant woman uh, gets killed, seriously injured or killed in the fight and the baby dies with her, uh, then that punishment would be death, you know, life for life and so on, et cetera. And uh, there's another scripture in the New Testament uh uh, that uh, I, I think more accurately uh, describes the plight for uh, of abortion in the black community. And, and that's Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, verse 18. And the scripture says, uh, um, I'm, I'm going to read this from the New, Amer- uh, New American Standard. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were... No more. Now, of course, uh, when when you look at it in the context of the scripture, uh, you, you you realize it's talking about. When you look at the context of the scripture, you realize what it's talking about, and it is it, describing you know the, the the coming of the savior, the wise men, and all of this stuff, and the children being massacred uh, by Herod. I am, you know. Uh, but that that kind of does describe the plight that so many uh, of us who are pro-life, uh, the plight that we have when it comes to abortion. We're seeing um, – we're not seeing the weeping and the mourning that should be taking place uh, in our community in regards to it. We're letting it go, and, and, and it's a silent epidemic. You know how AIDS was in the 80s? Uh, what AIDS was to in the early 80s is what abortion is in the 21st century to uh, uh, the black community. And, um, it, it, you know, it, it's a reality that we should deal with. And uh, Life Dynamics, Life Dynamics, is a pro-life organization, produced a video called Mafia 21 uh, to address that. And uh, you get a chance to uh, view that video, you can. You can view it on, on um YouTube, you can go to the website and order the video at lifedynamics.com and order the video is really clear. Uh as part of my responsibilities, I uh as as you know, I I have shown the video and we uh we're planning to show it across the state. 
And it's a good video. Real well put together. Uh, provides a lot of inf- information into uh, Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, and uh, the planned genocide that was projected by uh, uh, this organization. And, and I'm not going I'm not to sit here and deny that uh, you know sometimes it kind of goes overboard, but it, it does. If if you ever have questions or doubts about this, surely will will help you. Um, so I'm gonna play a clip from um, this uh, video, and I want you to listen to it um, as far as what black families expected from um, you know. From uh, as birth control, from birth control, what did black families expect? So I want you to listen to this and uh, give me give me your insight on this. When mucus settles into a child's chest, Parenthood and the rest of the eugenics movement did not count on was that many blacks did not want to reduce their numbers. In fact, they saw high birth rates as the most effective way to increase their power in the American political system. The other reality was that an increasing number of African Americans were becoming suspicious that a hidden agenda was behind the birth control revolution. Even those who once supported the idea of population control were beginning to sense that it actually meant black population control. This feeling was evident in June of 1970 when the Black Caucus walked out of the first National Congress on Optimum Population and Environment being held in Chicago. Felton Alexander of the National Urban League and the chairman of the Black Caucus said the action was taken because of clear and unmistakable evidence that the purpose of the conference was to legitimize the extermination of the black population. By this time, many other civil rights advocates were beginning to see the same thing. Contraceptives will become a form of drug warfare against the helpless in this nation. Jesse Jackson, 1971. There is a campaign to bombard the poor with pills and potions. If this movement continues, we soon may be accused of fighting poverty by eliminating the poor and overcoming hunger by removing the hungry. New York Congressman Hugh Carey, 1966. Under the cover of an alleged campaign to alleviate poverty, white supremacist Americans and their dupes are pushing an all-out drive to put rigid birth control measures into every black home. No such drive exists within the white American world. Black Unity Party, 1968. Birth control and sterilization in the wrong hands would be more deadly to Negroes than all the tanks, wide guns, cattle prods, billy clubs, and shackles we have overcome in the past. Dr. Leroy Swift, obstetrician, gynecologist, 1968. As it became clear that a growing number of African Americans were connecting the dots between birth control and black genocide, eugenics organizations began calling for the U.S. government to add birth control chemicals to the nation's food and water supply. It was even suggested that this strategy could be specifically targeted at urban neighborhoods. This idea was widely embraced in the eugenics movement and taken seriously enough by the government to be discussed at a 1969 meeting at the United Nations. Under the plan being considered, a couple could apply to the government for permission to have a child, and if approved, they would be given an antidote to the population control chemicals they had ingested in their food and water. 
now for some of you that probably, that that clip was probably a lot to handle. Uh and I'm gonna be honest with you, you know. Like like I said before, uh the, the this group the, this video was produced by uh Life Dynamics and I, I you know, you can't hide the fight the fact uh Life Dynamics is a pro life organization and the uh principal uh person behind it is white. And here he has produced this document uh, documentary that is targeted to black uh, groups, and you know you get, you do have to ask the question, you know, what's the motive, and you know all that kind of stuff. But the reality, you know, the reality is that uh, there has always been a plan to, in so many words, get rid of the black folk, and um, it, it hasn't changed. It, it, it uh, you should be glad to be alive because your parent your mother didn't abort you but um there was a possibility that she was probably strongly influenced to do so if she was born if there was an illegitimate if it was an illegitimate pregnancy uh they were strongly encouraged to do so um and you know you now you see it in China you know they have a one child rule over in China but then again China has about a billion people you know <laughs> population here in the states, um, and I know y'all always ask the question. Y'all, y'all said in your, you know, you said on the side. Some people just shouldn't have children, you know. And unfortunately, a lot, of, a lot of people think black people just shouldn't have children, uh, especially when you look into the ghettos and you know, <laughs> the hood uh, and the behaviors that are usually associated with those areas. Uh, and some folk were wondering why, you know, why why even put the world in that kind of predicament to take care of these people. You know, you have the deadbeat dads who don't take care of the children and all such and like, whatever it may be. But there is absolutely still no excuse, none whatsoever, no excuse for abortion. And, and mind you, I'm not talking about the uh, the situation with abortions. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about a, a situation where the mother has a risk to her health, to her life, or to the life of the child. Uh, you know, those things have to be seriously considered. What I'm talking about, and what um, what this is targeting, is the intentional killing of a child. For the purposes of either one, uh, getting rid of it for to you know to do more, two, uh, embarrassment for having a child out of wedlock, or three, just because. Uh, uh, now speaking of that, now Kanye West, <laughs> Kanye West never fails to amaze me and make me laugh. <laughs> and, and recently, Kanye West did a tweet. And the tweet was this. Uh, I'm not kidding. I'm reading the tweet. I'm about to read you the tweet that he said. Uh, the tweet was that uh, abortion can cost a brother up to 50 G. 50 G. <laughs> Isn't that something? Uh, and, you know, he said it hadn't happened to him, but he knows some that it has happened to. And, um, and of course... This 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 got a lot of people mad and uh, upset as usual. He always he always uh he always manages to stir up people <laughs> and, and say something crazy. I, I think he just likes the attention. But um, 
it, it I, I, I really don't, I, I really don't know what to say about this, other than part of what he's saying is true and you know it's factual, and he's you know he's talking about gold diggers in his case. Uh, uh, he's like you know, uh, an abortion can call a ball of you know, fifty G of maybe a hundred, and gold digger, gold digging women. Uh, get pregnant on purpose. They get pregnant on purpose, and uh, you know, as a result, you know, they gonna they say once, you know, he said once they get pregnant, they're expecting them to pay, you know, you're gonna pay for my abortion, or you know, it's like blackmail basically. That's what the, that's what he said. Uh, and of course, it it offended a lot of people, but it you know when it comes to when it comes down to it. Uh, this issue is is more than a pro-life, pro-choice issue for Black people. It, it's more than and it's more than it's my body and I can do what I want to for Black women. It, it really is more than that, and we can't afford to be silent, especially the Black church. We can't afford to be silent. We're, we're silent on homosexuality. We're silent on uh, education and the gaps in there. We're silent on the, uh, the, the the economic gaps. We're silent on everything else. And we cannot afford to be silent on this issue of abortion. Now, you can get mad all you want to, but we you, you know, you're losing people. You're, you're, we're, already, we're 12% of the population. Okay, statistically, we're 12% of the population, but about 45, give or take, you know, a little lower, a little, little higher, percent of black women, they're, they're, they are the, uh, the, the, that's the number of black women who have abortions. You can get mad. That's just reality. And most of the parents, uh, you know, the parents are not paying for it. Mamas and daddies, grandmas and grandpas, they're not paying for the abortion. Who do you think paying for it? Who do you think paying for it is? No, it's not the don't 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 say Reverend Neil Pastor Neil said that the the, the government is paying for abortion. No, uh, I I want to commend you know one thing I can't commend is that President Obama has stood the fact that he would not allow uh, public funds to be used for abortion, the practice of abortion. And I'm glad that Planned Parenthood has been defunded, you know, from receiving federal funds. I'm glad of that. But uh, who's paying for it? Think about it. The the average black you know. The young woman can't afford abortion, you know, when it costs upwards of four hundred some dollars, give or take. I don't know, but uh, that's just a reality that that needs to be done. Come on, share your thoughts on this. Call in. I want to hear. Uh, I told you before, I like hearing my voice. I like hearing my own voice, <laughs> but I like hearing yours more. So call in, give me your opinion. Nine one seven three four eight four two nine three four two nine three. I I my my personal opinion is this. Um, if we confront the reality of how easily accessible it is to have an abortion for uh, for everybody, for all women, and I'm not even talking about Roe versus Wade because you know that's been in place. Uh, it's it's not a law as some people make it. Uh, it's not a law. It's, it's not a law. What is basically is protecting. Uh, a woman's choice to have an abortion. It's not a law. It's not in the Constitution. It does not guarantee anybody, any woman, uh, the uh, you know, 
it does not guarantee them, but it does say that they can have they have a right to do it. You know, recognize the right as a right to do it. But uh, but we as a black community need to realize that when we do stuff like when we when we don't address it, when we don't talk about it, and when we don't engage it, it hurts us. It really hurts us. And what 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 where it hurts is what we could be. And again, if when you listen to the clip, you know, the black people in the you know in the early in the early twentieth century, the black people. The idea was that the more you had, the more children you had. Not only one, not only one, one. Not only was it more feasible for you to uh, you know to do more. If you own land, if you had a business, you know, you were able to do more. And, and it amazes me because if you're like me, uh, my family, my great-grandmother had 19 children. My, grandpa- my grandparents had seven, you know. They had large families. And the understand, you know, the understanding was the larger, the better because more could get done. But also large families meant power. It meant participation. Admit that we were able to engage the community politically, socially, educationally. Admit we were able to do that. And that's how we did what we did back in the day. That's how we built the schools. That's how we built the colleges. That's how we built the churches. We had the people. We had the families to do it. It was strong family units. And 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 abortion does contribute. I'm not saying it's the major contribute, but it does contribute to the breakdown of the family. Now you may not think it, uh, but it does. It contributes a great deal. I, I want to hear some of your women's uh, opinions on it. I, I, I want to hear those of you women who have experienced abortion. Uh, I want to hear your story. Why? Why did you do it? I want to. I want to know what were the details involving it. You know why? Basically, uh, for those of you who are, uh, I, I know a lot of people are listening who are supporters of abortion, uh, or. You know, pro-choice. I want to. I want to hear. I want to. Uh, I want to get your insight because you know, uh, me being a pastor, me being a minister, I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm. I'm just one-sided on this issue, uh, uh, but you know, I, I I do know that there are situations and there are uh, things that um, we should simply should address and uh, uh. Should be talked about. I'm gonna take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to get back into discussion. I want to make sure that you guys call and get your insight on this. Right back. I'm looking to save in insurance. You don't want to deal with a lot of flibbity-flab or mumbo-jumbo. Sounds like you need to name your price. No gobbledygook. Never. Do I still get all the dag-nubbit coverage I need? Sure. We give you a quote, and you can adjust your price up and down to find something that works for you. This thing is okey mcsmoky skittle doo Great! I think... Diggity. Oh. Still not sure. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. Call or click today. You 
going to forget about work while you are working late again. And you miss your kids. And you miss the waves. And you can't believe what you just saw. And you need to laugh. And you need to cry. And you just can't get her out of your mind. While you just want to know if he's okay. But you need a place to eat. So you stop and listen to that band you saw that time near that place. While you let everyone know you're almost there. And you want to share. And you want to think. And you are trying to remember. And you are trying to forget. And you've come to realize that you don't need to get a phone. You need a phone that gets you. And you. And you. And we are HTC. When mucus settles into a child's chest, the congestion isn't much fun. This is going to be so cool. Junior! Huh? This is great! Like father, like son. New Mucinex Mini Melts. The quick melting, great tasting way to break up mucus that causes kids' congestion. Uh oh. <coughs> I was just getting started! Feeling better? Uh-huh. New Mucinex Mini Melts. Need a painter? Mucinex in. Mu- Hi, may I help you? Yes, uh, I hear Progressive has lots of discounts on car insurance. Can I get in on that? Are you a safe driver? Yes. Discount. Do you own a home? Yes. Discount. Are you going to buy online? Yes. Discount. (laughs) Isn't getting discounts great? Yes. There's no discount for agreeing with me. Yeah, I got carried away. Happens to me all the time. Helping you save money. Now that's Progressive. Call or click today. Back in for a little bit um, uh, and see if you can get back in. And as always, you know, if you ever miss a broadcast, a live broadcast, we we um, we have archive shows, so you can always log in and, and listen to an archive show. Um, and you can you can provide feedback from that. Uh, go to blogtalkradio.com dot com slash Lorenzo T Neal, and you'll 
uh, get to my page and you can listen to an archive show, uh, or you can go to uh, ltneilministries.com and you can listen to an archive show there. Either way, uh, you can still participate. And sometimes we stay in the chat room even after we go off the air. And we'll be going off the air here. Um, and, uh, you know, we did a little longer show today, so I had a little more time. But we'll be going off the air here in, in about another seven, eight minutes. Uh, so, uh, again, you're still free to call in. Uh, uh, the number is 917-388-4293. Uh, we got about five minutes to be on air live, and uh, we still want to hear from you. Uh, we're talking about abortion. We were talking about today being the National Day of Mourning for the Unborn. And um, what does it mean? How does it affect, how does abortion impact uh, the black community? Is it really genocide? And from my perspective, it is. Uh, we're seeing too many of our young black women uh, give their children away to death. Uh, sometimes it's for convenience. Sometimes it's for shame. But for whatever the reason, uh, there is not an outcry against it. Um, in the black community, you know, now we've been, you know, we've been protesting about, you know, we've been protesting about losing money for school or for teacher unions and all that stuff. We've been protesting about whatever, all, you know, stuff we can think of. But when it comes to our black babies, you know, we're so silent. We don't say anything. And, and it's a shameful thing that that is happening, but it is happening in and I think we should address it, I, and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it on my show. And I'm going to revisit it because, uh, again, there's so much that uh, there's so much that is is a a lot involved in that. And uh, you, you know, there's so many people that are affected, affected and impacted by that. And um, so I, we're going to do another show about it uh, in, uh, soon. Uh, but till then, you know. Give me your opinion. Shoot an email to me at uh, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to hear about your show. And you know, like I say, I always appreciate uh, your feedback. You, uh, I, uh, what I try to do on this show is to give the information from my perspective. And I can do all the research. I can do all the talking. But, um, you know, you guys really make the show happen. And I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, you call in, you listen. Even if you don't call in, you're listening. You're uh, sending me comments and letting me know about what you think about the topic. And I appreciate all of that. It really it means a lot to me. And I want you to continue doing so. But uh, again, let me know what you any subject that we talked about today. If you want to talk about, uh, you want to leave me comments about uh, President Obama and the Defense Marriage Act. That's fine. You want to talk about Detroit schools. That's fine. I just want to hear back from you because I I know that there is some you got to say, and um, man, and I I could talk all the time, <laughs> but each time I do the show, I'm grateful that God allows, allows me to do it. Uh, so quick thing, uh, quick reminder: those of you in the D.C. area. Uh, again, I want to invite you to, if you can, uh, to join uh, Dr. Timothy Johnson, uh, Dean Nelson, and Troy Rowling, who are the uh, personnel behind the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Uh, and they'll be hosting a leadership summit um, this month uh, in the March, March the, uh, March the 17th through the 19th. And you are welcome to attend there at um, 
and I, I strongly invent, uh, strongly encourage you to go there. And if you need any more, any more information, uh, just go to their website, uh, www.tfdf.org, and uh, you'll find out about the Leadership Summit. And uh, registration is open. You can sign up and register for their for that. Uh, that conference, and I want to give a shout out to them, uh, Dr. D- Dr. Johnson, uh, Dean Nelson. They do a wonderful job promoting uh, traditional values uh, that most people, most Black Americans share. Uh, the whole point of the Frederick Douglass Foundation is to show that we are uh, devoted Christians, proud Americans, Black, where justice is denied and where uh, poverty is enforced. We're there. We want to make sure that uh, our voices are heard in the public sector regarding that. So go for it and uh, uh, can share, sign up for that conference. You're going to really enjoy it because they got a lot going on, a lot of panels, uh, a lot of discussion, and that you will be uh, enjoying. Also, if you uh, heard the clip and you like the clip from uh, Martha 21, uh, you can go to the website Life Dynamics, and you can get a copy of that. Uh, share, share that with your uh, share that with your community, with your churches. Share that with those around you because it is a major plight that needs to be addressed in the black community. And I think that you will be completely blessed by it. And again, as always, anything that you want to talk about, shoot me an email, and we'll make sure that we uh, try to get to it because uh, we don't want to leave any stone unturned. We want to be blessed to everybody as much as we can. We want to is on the air. So on the air. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.